Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Molly. Molly, one way that I take after my mother is that we both have super cold hands. Oh, but do you both have warm hearts? I hope so, or else I'd probably be dead. I feel like that's one thing that my uh, mother told me a lot. Yes. Cold hands, warm heart. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, I had noticed as a child, of course, that she often had cold hands. And she said, oh, Kristen, cold hands, warm heart. And so as I grew up and my hands took after hers and are often cold, you know, I just, I think the same thing. I always think of my mom and my head saying, cold hands, warm heart. And what we found out. This week is that that expression completely true. It is true. Yeah. A lot of times women will have warmer temperatures inside in our core than men and yet externally colder. And we're going to explain that phenomenon right now. Our episode is why do women feel colder than men? Why do yeah. they run colder? Why when you are at the office is the, is a woman shivering right next to a guy who's just like, you know, got a tropical Hawaiian shirt on, wearing flip-flops and shorts. I mean, what, is there some real reason as to why, you know, we're always cold in the office and the guys aren't? It's probably due to our delicate constitution as the weaker sex. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. JK, guys. JK. <laughs> well, first of all, it might have something to do with a little extra subcutaneous fat Right. Bodies. We don't have an extra layer of fat, which is how some people will often describe it, but we do have more of a particular layer of fat. And this may play some role in keeping us warm. Yes. And I think we should say before we go any further that, you know, the 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit mm-hmm. average temperature we're supposed to have. This was discovered by a German physician in the 19th century named Carl Reinhold August, who compiled roughly a million armpit temperature readings from 25,000 patients. But we got to remember that 98.6 is average of both men and women. And uh, there was a study finding that women's body temperature was on average 0.3 degrees higher than men. So women are about 98.4 degrees, whereas men are 98.1 degrees. And, you know, some people will try and do this study taking it, taking the temperature rectally, orally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the armpit may not be the best way to measure it. But no matter how they've done it, they have usually found that the woman runs slightly, ever so slightly, a higher temperature. Which might seem counterintuitive because we might think, well, if we're warmer inside, why are we running colder outside? Well, let's talk about vasoconstriction to address that question, Kristen. There is a theory. And again, all of these are just sort of reasons to add up to, you know, a theory. No one knows for sure the one defining thing that makes women feel colder than men. But one of the main leading contenders in this in this race to figure it out is vasoconstriction. The thought that Women, when, uh, when their hypothalamus, the body's temperature generator, we talked about this, uh, part of the brain in hot flashes, mm-hmm. uh, when that part of the brain senses something that's cold, it immediately constricts our blood vessels so that all the heat goes straight into our core. It keeps our heart warm. It keeps our, our stomach warm. Maybe in case there's a baby in there. Again, our delicate constitution feeding <laughs> into that. But all our, all our warmth is centered from our shoulders to our hips. It's just, it's all there. And so that's why if you sometimes see survival guides that say that if you're, you know, cold, if you're freezing to death, you put, 
like your hands down your pants or under your armpits or something because all your heat is just along the trunk of your body. Um, and so all that blood is rushing away from our hands and our feet. All our extremities are are just, you know, they've got no blood flow. They're so cold. And when our extremities sense the cold, it makes us feel cold all over, even though our core is going to be warmer than men. So mm-hmm. in a way, we might be tougher in the cold in the long run if our core stays Stay super warm. If we can keep our extremities covered because, uh, the extremities are going to be what registers as cold when you're, you know, if you head out into a blustery day, your hands are going to be the first thing that's cold. So, um, you know, it's not that you're colder overall than a guy. It's just that, you know, you've got to, got to protect your hands. Well, and we've also got to talk about, uh, surface to volume ratio of the body. All right. So the idea is that the heat generated by the human body is determined by the volume. So the bigger you are, the more heat you will generate. But heat dissipation or heat spreading out is determined by surface area, the skin surface area. The more surface area you have, the more heat you will lose. And women um, have a higher ratio of surface to volume than men because we're smaller in size. So we generate less heat, but then we have all of the heat that we're losing from our surface area. So we might lose heat faster than guys. And can I tell you, Kristen, how they did one of these studies that measured this surface area to volume hypothesis? Please do. They had um, all these men and women submerged in ice cold water for certain periods of time. And then they took a rectal temperature and then we put them back in the water. And, you know, we've talked before about studies we don't want to be a part of. And I'm going to say that might be number one for me. Yeah, a lot of these cold temperature studies have very small sample sizes because they always involve immersion in ice water. (laughs) And that sounds awful. Yeah, it's not like they just go to an office and go, hey, these women seem to be colder than than the guys. What's going on? It's Yeah, they always sound super painful, which is maybe why we can't definitively say, you know, whether it's the surface area thing versus the vasoconstriction thing, because... Who wants to be studied for this? Yeah. And also, it's not only a matter of gender that makes the person more sensitive, more or less sensitive to the cold. We have factors like fitness, age, your diet, sleep. Whether you're stressed. Whether you're stressed out. And in general, humans just aren't built for cold weather. Mm-hmm. We're more tropical creatures. And we actually have four times as many cold sensors as hot sensors on in our skin. So it makes sense that we are generally more more sensitive and more reactive to cold. And also, an article from the Times Online points out that the human body is only 25% efficient. So that 75% of the energy we're producing is being released as heat. So if our bodies were cars, we would be very not fuel efficient. <laughs> we, we, would be not, we would not cars. be the Priuses of the world. <laughs> All right. I'm going to give you one more sort of gender related topic. There's a theory that women get colder while they're on their periods. Yes. Because hormones are going crazy because you might have anemia from losing blood. This hasn't been proven, but again, it's just one of those theories out there. But I found it interesting because the idea of hormones affecting women feeling cold or hot popped up again when I was looking into a little condition called Raynaud's disease. Mm-hmm. And this is when, imagine cold hands to the extreme, when extreme cold kind of makes uh, your blood vessels spasm and your your fingers just lose all color. They just turn white. And um, it affects women nine times more than men. And it may affect um, as many as 20% of childbearing women. 
It's just when it gets cold, your hands go crazy, and it, sometimes it's just a nuisance. You know where to wear gloves. You figure it out. Sometimes it can be more serious. Yeah, and a lot of times you'll uh, people can tell what's that it's happening because their hands will turn from white to blue sometimes. Mm-hmm. And most people just have Raynaud's as like the primary disease. It's just, you know, it's a thing on its own. For some women, it is the first symptom of something like lupus or scleroderma. So that's why it's it's something to check out to make sure it's um, primary, not secondary. And a doctor can tell you some ways to um, to deal. It might just be carrying more gloves around than the average person. But I was reading an interview with an expert on the condition. He thinks that it might be because women have more estrogen. Could be. But we've focused a lot on gender with women feeling colder than men. And while the those those studies on core temperature indicate that yes, we might be warmer inside and colder outside, anecdotally, that is not always the case. There was an article we tracked down in the New York Times um full of stories about couples, heterosexual couples who and homosexual couples. Oh yeah, and homosexual couples who um could not agree on a temperature. They would have like dual, uh, dual sided electric blankets because mm-hmm. one person uh, needed to be hot in the bed and the other person needed to stay cold. People who would get in fights over the temperature in a room. And the author was basically pointing out that, you know, in some cases it was the wife who was colder. In some cases it was the husband. And even in gay couples, uh, there would still be the differences. Yeah. It's sort of the one source we found that didn't automatically assume that women would be the colder sex that, mm-hmm. you know, if in same sex relationships, uh, they, there would, there'd be a disagreement and then that sometimes the, the, the husband would feel colder. But yeah, her reaction was get a, get a dual layer, a dual electric blanket so you can each set your own temperature and to not take it personally when your significant other is spiting you by turning the thermostat up. But she said, you know, you've got to accept that this is something they really feel and they're not doing this to make you feel uncomfortable. A lot of people take it really personally when they say, this place is a sauna. Why won't you turn? The heat down. I mean, mm-hmm. it's they're really that cold because it's not just a, a random subjective thing. Like we said, there are factors like weight. I mean, the more body fat you have, the more insulation you have. So you tend to not be as cold a lot of times. Uh, if you're more fit, you have more muscle mass. It might allow you to regulate body temperature more efficiently. Diet can make a difference. Whether you're getting all those vitamins, minerals, proteins, vegetables. And then you have things like Raynaud's, like you mentioned, that might make you extremely sensitive, sensitive to the cold. But there has been, um, one study that estimates that 72 degrees Fahrenheit or 22.2 degrees Celsius is the middle range comfort level for the workplace. Although another study found it was 25 degrees Celsius or 77 degrees Fahrenheit. And, um, I will say that I think this office tends to be colder than hotter. What do you think, Kristen? Um, yeah, I guess so. But that might have to do with our stress levels. Maybe we feel colder <laughs> because we're stressed in the workplace and stress about putting on the perfect podcast. Yeah, it's good. And stress tends to, uh, tends to make you feel colder. Although I will say, if you do feel really cold in your workplace, I feel like it's worth saying something because another study showed that the cold people were far less productive than the overheated people. Cause you're just, you just can't work. I mean, like, you know, when your just hands are cold, you don't want to type. Sometimes I'll go print things off the printer just to hold something warm. It probably is hard to type in mittens. Yes, it is. Yeah. I can say from experience. <laughs> and we have those little mouse pads in the middle of our computers that don't register when a, when a gloved finger touches them. Have you really typed in gloves that often? Uh, enough to know that the mouse doesn't work when you type in them. Whoa. I didn't know. I, you know what? I think uh, even though I do have 
probably colder hands than you do. I might I might be the warmer blooded of us, Molly. Mm. Fingerless gloves, they can save your life. <laughs> dual dual electric blanket. <laughs> So that's what we learned about um, whether women run colder. It's another one of those things where researchers aren't quite sure. We've given you the best ideas. But at this point, we're going to have to open it up to you guys and see what you think about the phenomenon. Do you fit the stereotype? Do you not fit the stereotype? Do you have Raynaud's? How do you stay warm when your office is freezing? Things like that we want to hear from you. It's momstuff at howstuffworks.com. And we've got time for an email or two. All right, I've got an email here from Ashley, and it's about the Objectum Sexuality episode. And Ashley writes, I'm rather frustrated that people are even allowed to marry inanimate objects and that it gains media attention for those individuals. It is equivalent to rape because it is fundamentally non-consensual. It should not be considered the same as homosexuality or heterosexuality because in these relationships, both parties have the ability to consent. Even if the Eiffel Tower had feelings, we could not know if it is okay with being married to someone since it is not able to express its will. And isn't it rather bold to assume that out of all the people in the world, you are the one whom the Eiffel Tower is in love with? So something to think about. Thanks, Ashley. Well, I have one here from Catherine, and this is in response to your podcast on lying. And she writes, I'm in the vast minority as someone who would not only always rather hear the truth, even if it's painful to hear, but will not intentionally tell an untruth. If a friend makes a dinner that's not tasty for whatever reason, I will tell them what I did enjoy about it, but will not necessarily state what I didn't enjoy. I'm made very uncomfortable by lying, and it's in the last few years that I've started making a real effort to avoid it. I've had a lot of friends that lie, and when they get caught in it, they lie more to try to excuse it. That bothers me. I don't tell the whole truth about everything, but any friend I can't be honest with or that won't be honest with me is not a friend I need to have in my life. There you go. So, thank you so much to everyone who has written in, and keep the emails coming. It's momstuff at howstuffworks.com. You can also get in touch with us via Facebook and follow us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast. And, of course, you can check out our blog. We'd love for you to. Stuff Mom Never Told You at howstuffworks.com. more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. To learn more about the podcast, click on the podcast icon in the upper right corner of our homepage. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you